Meet BT. What are we fighting over, man? We've got a returning winner yet again. Tom is back for his Hall of Fame fight, so the prize is on our online stream at 101sports.com. It's a pair of tickets to see Journey and Def Leppard at Bush Stadium August 24th. Tickets go on sale. They went on sale today. You can get your tickets at 101sports.com. Go to 101sports.com. Hurry, this thing will sell out quickly, except for Tom. You don't have to do that. You already have your tickets. Welcome back, Tom. How are we doing today? good brad how are you doing well now you know what's on the line here this is a chance to go into the hall of fame if in fact we still have that i think we do so i think we do well Uh, it it didn't leave with the last regime right well we'll start it again if in fact it didn't either way tom's got a chance to be in if he's ready are you ready tom ready all right here we go question number one bart Starr was the first player to win back-to-back super bowl mvp awards who is the only other player to do it is it john elway Troy Aikman or Terry Bradshaw? Um, I feel like it's Bradshaw. Yeah, let's go with Bradshaw. Question number two. Curtis Joseph is first in career saves for the Blues. Who is second with 5,649? Is it Yaroslav Halak, Grant Fuhr, Greg Millen? Could you repeat those again, please? No. It's oh. is it Yaroslav Halak, Grant Fuhr, or Greg Millen? Um, I'm gonna go with uh, Fuhr. Question number three: Behind Rob Gronkowski, the most passing touchdowns Tom Brady has thrown to one single player is 39. Which player is it? Is it Julian Edelman, Wes Welker, or Randy Moss? Mm, I feel like it has to be Welker. And question number four, which coach has a record nine playoff appearances with the Eagles? Is that coach Andy Reid, Buddy Ryan, or Dick Vermeil? Um, I'll say Buddy Ryan. All right, let's bring in Randy. Tom, how you feeling? Um, uh, You can just play that Mosaic soundbite. Oh, uh, not great. I think he was he was feeling better the last two fights. Yes, he was. But this is a big one, right? Me. I mean, some people I get, would be nervous. get up for the big game. Yeah. Some don't. I can't tell you how he did. You might have got up, but you don't feel like it. There were some of my best games. They're few and far between. Uh, but I didn't feel good going into it, but the results ended up being good. So just remember that, Tom. Like you felt lousy in the bullpen. Yeah. You get out to the just go out there mound and, like, and throw and yep. slop around, and all of a sudden you get a yep. one, two, three first inning, and you roll from there. Uh, Randy, say hi to Tom. Hey, Tom, how you doing? Randy. <laughs> there it is. Good to have you with us again. Good luck today. All right, Randy. Uh, just a reminder, there's something on the line here. It's a spot in the Hall of Fame. What Hall of Fame? The one uh, for the 101sports.com, oh, the 4 cool. o'clock fight Hall of Fame. Oh, is that new? It's it's back, Okay, baby. Good. You ready? ready? I'm ready. It was a short hiatus. Yeah. Somebody forgot to put it in. Very it happens. Short. Question number one, uh-huh. Bart Starr was the first player to win back-to-back Super Bowl MVP awards. Who is the only other player to do it? I believe it was uh, Terry Bradshaw, Pittsburgh Steelers. Question two, Curtis Joseph is number one in career saves for the Blues, who is second with 5,649. 5,649 saves for the Blues. Well, I'm guessing it was... Probably a guy that was here a long time. So I will go with uh, 
My default, Mike Liut. It was actually Jake Allen. He got them all last night. Oh. Question number three. Behind Rob Gronkowski, the most passing touchdowns Tom Brady has thrown to one single player is 39. Ooh. Which player is it? I'm going to go with my first impression here. And uh seems like Wes Welker caught a lot of touchdown passes from him. So I'm going to go with Wes Welker. Question number four. Which coach has a record nine playoff appearances with the Eagles? Well, Andy Reid had five NFC Championship games. Let's see. Uh, Steve Van Buren. They were bad for a long time. Um, Is he a president? Martin Van Buren was the president. So uh, let's see. First one for Reid there was in 2000. And uh, he was there until 2013. I will go with Andy Reid. We got a winner. Tom, welcome to the Hall of Fame. Your plaque is in the mail. You can change your autograph. You are a Hall of Fame. You guys tied two apiece. Uh, it is Terry Bradshaw. is the only other player not named Bart Starr to win the Super Bowl MVP in back-to-back years. Uh, Grant Fuhr is uh, second behind wow. Cujo with 5,649 saves. It's Randy Moss who's behind Gronk with the most passing touchdowns uh, thrown to a player. Uh, it, it is Randy Moss, Gronk, then Randy Moss. And Andy Reid is the coach with uh, the record. Nine playoff appearances with the Eagles. So, so the, Tom, and the thing to hear to, to study here, by the way, is that? who is in second. Yes, that's a new thing. Yeah. We've done the leaders all the time. <laughs> right? Top three. You got to know some questions, bronze. Randy. Yeah. Wait till the bronze round next time. Yeah. Tom, congrats, man. We'll talk to you again on Monday. Thank you. Tom with us on 101 ESPN, where it is 411. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. And I'm sure Tom is going to be. More than happy to play by the uh, the normal rules on for Hall of Famers on Monday. Randy, are, are you bitter already? Yeah. Just before the Super Bowl, letting I in am, a Hall of Famer? I'm, I'm bitter. Easy, too. I sure hope the yeah. Pats don't win because the, that he, Randy can't handle two losses in three days. Randy's going to take one of those sick days that he never takes unless he's on his oh, deathbed yeah, on Monday. Exactly. Hey, in 1988, Solomon Wilcox was the starting safety against Joe Montana in the Super Bowl. Would he rather face Montana again or Tom Brady? Now, Montana is almost 60 years old. We'll ask him next on 101 ESPN. That is Phil Rogers with us earlier. He is from MLB Network. And there was a statement today from Brody Van Wagenen, the co-head of CAA Baseball. He's an agent. And he is thinking, like Phil Rogers, that we might be spoiling for a fight here. He says that the average salary of Major League Baseball grew from $2.8 million in 2007 to $3.2 million in 2012. And that is a 9.2% increase from the last CBA during Tony Clark's first four years as executive director. He goes on to say, the behavior of the owners in this year's free agent market has changed dramatically. It feels coordinated, rightly or wrongly. Many club presidents and general managers with whom we negotiate are frustrated with the lack of funds to sign the plethora of good players still available, raising further suspicion that of uh, institutional influence over spending. 
Even the algorithms that have helped determine players' salaries in recent years are suggesting dramatically higher values than owners appear willing to spend. He is making a veiled comment that collusion is in play here. And there is certainly nothing that is happening to preclude one from logically believing that. I'm starting to pick up on different things. Groupthink means collusion. Mm-hmm. Coordinated in his uh, his statement here says collusion also. And I don't know if there's collusion going on, but I do know uh, that teams aren't ponying up money like they used to. They're not throwing out these big $100 million deals. The biggest deal so far this offseason, for those who don't know, is the one that was just signed a week ago. It was Lorenzo Cain, five years, $80 million. That's the biggest deal. The one behind that uh, was $60 million for Santana. Behind that was $52 million on a three-year deal uh, for Wade Davis. So, like, those are your three big splashes so far this offseason. And that is crazy when you have a guy like J.D. Martinez on the market, mm-hmm. when you have Hosmer, when you have Arietta, when you have you Darvish out there uh, all looking to get paid. It's amazing that none of this has happened yet. And, yes, it feels coordinated. It feels like group thing. It feels like whatever you want to call it. Uh, I don't feel desperation here. I don't see desperation out of any teams. And I'm starting to feel like there might be a tad bit of it out of the players. Maybe that's exactly what this coordination wants. There was another agent that weighed in about an hour ago. This was tweeted out. There's no no name attached to this person. He calls himself a boutique agent, which means he's only got a handful of clients. Um, He says, I have six free agents with MLB service time who are seeking minor league deals. These guys are not getting calls at all because everything at the top of the market is frozen. It really does trickle down to a ball. And I have never dealt with anything like this in 15 years. It's a pretty long statement, but. But he's not really saying there's collusion, and I understand why people believe there might be. But I I honestly think what's going on here is there's just become this simultaneous self-awareness by all of these teams. And a lot of what's helping them get to this point is fans don't seem to mind it. Fans are okay nowadays with teams not spending a ton of money or teams being more careful with how they do spend money. And they're also pretty okay with uh, their teams tearing down and rebuilding and going bad for like two or three years and then hoping on the other end something happens positive for them. So I think it just happens to be this perfect storm of all of these factors going into it. I really don't think all the teams have gotten together and said, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're not going to offer anything more than this. You don't either. But I think they're witnessing other teams getting to that point, being careful with the luxury tax, not wanting to go over it, and it's all just happening at once. I would like to think there's something sinister going on and they could find it, fix it, and we can move on, but I just don't think that's what's happening. Normally, by this time of year, the big guys are signed. So teams are scouring the market for that bargain bin guy that you can get right before spring training, the kind of guy that Matt Holiday would be now. These teams would, would kind of figure out their rosters and then they would look to, to add guys at, at this point in my career. You know, they would look to add me a little later, and so that after they figure out some of these big free agents and where they end up, um, you know, usually that's that's where uh, guys on one ter- one year contracts, you know, typically start to move. And so I, I think that the the stall in the market has is, is probably got all of us guys that are more like a one year deal kind of pushed back. And 
it probably will preclude him from having a contract in spring training. Yeah, it very well could. And fortunately for a guy like Matt Holiday and maybe these veterans that have been around for a long time financially, all right, maybe you don't need it. But you still want to play, right? You still want to be able to have a team and you still have a routine. You have a family and you'd like to get your family all settled. Uh, it's uh, it's a problem for everybody. I just still can't believe uh, that, that we're at this point and – like uh, you heard Matt Holiday say, this is usually where you you find those finishing pieces, like for yeah. your team. You can still change your team. You can change your future of your ball club right now by signing one of these free agents out there. You Darvish changes a team. Jake Arrieta changes a team. Uh, Martinez changes the team. Hosmer, Mustakas, all these guys change who your team is. Yet no one's jumping. And it seems like. Ownership is kind of putting their foot on the throat of the players here, saying, okay, you guys have enough. We're going to stop now. We aren't going to give you any more increases. And we're happy with going the way that the Cubs went and that the Astros went to get to world championships. But we aren't going to spend a bunch of money on free agents so that you guys can make more money. Well, the truth is the money has to go somewhere, and it can't continue to, to... Into their pockets? Well, that's what it can't do. I think for the health of the sport, that just can't happen. They may want it to be that way, but the players, and there are more players than there are owners, they're certainly not going to want it. And I can very easily see this going to a strike in a few years if this does not change. Well, and and I know, and, and again, I, I know people, and we're getting it via the text line too, who say, I don't feel sorry for millionaires. You know, they, they've got all this money already. It's not the point. Nobody feels sorry for them. But what we're saying is, when the sport is worth $11 billion, you need to get, and if you're the product and the players are the product, the players need to get a sizable chunk of that money. And I'm talking like around half because that's how it is in every other sport. And right now we're at the numbers are around 38%. That, that can't fly for very long. Uh, I thought it was an interesting piece I was reading this morning. It's And I might pronounce his name wrong. It was Bill Shiken, I think it is, L.A. Mm-hmm. Times. And the headline is, too many teams have no chance of winning, and that's not good for baseball. And he opens up referencing Bud Selig uh, in a speech that he had in 2000. And it says, every fan has to have hope and faith. If you remove hope and faith from the mind of a fan, you destroy the fabric of the sport. And I believe that is true. Like, we always talk about, like, uh, there are some organizations, some teams that you just know, like, heading into it, mm-hmm. they're likely not going to win, not, not have a winning season, not going to go win a championship. But there sh- still should be that hope, right? There still should be that sprinkle in a free agent name here and there, and maybe if everything goes perfectly, we've got a chance. There are so many teams right now that are trying the rebuild that we're sure as hell not going to go spend $10 million on this guy just because. Uh, all, and By the way, that $10 million guy is a guy that, that's worked his tail off to get to free agency and no one's knocking. Like It's not good for the fans. Right. It's obviously not good for those players that are sitting there w- without a job. And uh, it, it's, it'll be good for an organization or two. Because we, we all know how the Astros won. They, they had the first pick for years on end. The Cubs did a lot of the same thing. But not everybody's going to be able to hit like that. There's going to be one champion every single year. If everybody's doing the same thing, what, what, are, we, what are we left with? We're well, left with a bunch of free agents without jobs. Well, one of the main, main problems here is that the fans right now are siding with ownership. They are, they are okay with their teams tanking because they've seen, like what you said, what the Cubs and the Astros did. So because of that, I think ownership around baseball, they, they feel empowered that they can continue to act like this. And they've, they've gone this far, so let's see if we can go a little bit farther. Let's see if we can take a little bit more. And that's been happening slowly over the last several years. That's a lot of markets, but not this one. 
this fan base isn't satisfied or happy with the way things have gone this well, offseason. Not because a, the Cardinals not aren't doing team. that. No. Yeah, and I don't think they will. I don't think they have, the Cardinals have it in their DNA to be a team that just says, hey, give us 10 years or five mm-hmm. years, whatever it is, and, and we'll get back to prominence. I think they've done such a good job, which is the hardest thing, is to remain competitive year in, year out without having to do that. They still spend money. They still draft and develop, and they do a very good job. But I, I think that most people right now would like to see them do even more. Yep. And, and uh, guess what? It's every fan base. Every fan base, there's not one team maybe outside of the angels this offseason where it's like what uh, what are we doing are we done yet like there are not too many teams that are there everybody still wants another starting pitcher or needs a closer or, or could use an impact bat and these guys are still available and no one's jumping on them if the cardinals did decide which i mean i guess it could happen at some point it's not going to happen anytime soon but if they decided they were going to become a rebuilding team i don't think what happened to the pirates happens to them i think they do a better job of Drafting. I mean, the Pirates did a really good job of drafting, actually, for a really long time. They built themselves a nice young core, but they didn't do anything to supplement that core. And I think the Cardinals would do a better job of that. So you wouldn't be talking about a 20-year rebuilding process or even a 10-year rebuilding process. That is, if the Cards decided to do it. I I think you're talking like three or four, and maybe at the most five before they are truly good again. But again, that's not where they are. Right now, they are trying to make a competitive club better and i'm with you randy and i think all of us are together on this we would like to see them do better it's a fast lane on 101 espn coming up there's an industry that is going to make 2.3 billion dollars on sunday and it's not the nfl we'll tell you which industry it is when we roll on in the fast lane on 101 espn Sunday is obviously a big day in America. It's the culmination of the NFL season. The NFL, a $15 billion a year industry. But on Sunday, Americans will spend this on alcohol. $1.2 billion on beer. Mm -hmm. Flavored malt beverages and cider, $594 uh, uh, on beer, flavored malt beverages and, and cider. That's $1.2 billion. $594 million on wine and $503 million on whiskey, vodka, rum, tequila, and gin. That's $2.3 billion for Sunday in alcohol in yeah. our country. That's a party. That's what that is. That's a big-time party. Oh, you can't throw a party without having a well-stocked bar, can you? And that's no. what everybody in America is showing you, that they are not afraid. That is a whole lot of booze, though, yeah. going on. Now, think uh, about this. What is the rate for Monday calling in sick? Oh, you, well. We're getting there, right? How about that? Uh, Super <laughs> well, Bowl, we can't. Super Bowl Can fans we? are going to eat 1.33 billion wings. Oh, man, I love Did wings. Did you say b- with a B? 1.33 yep. billion. That's a lot of chicken wings. That, that's a lot of chickens. It really carried the Losing two. their lives. What half to of the, that? What happens Wait, to the no, rest quarter. of the chicken? You, somebody what if, what else eats just, it on what, Monday? What if they leftovers? just dump the rest of the chicken? Yeah, That would seem wasteful, One, right? 1.3 billion divided by two is? Or is it four? A billion. Yeah. because No, it's you, a chicken has two wings. Yeah, but you get the, uh, you, you break oh, it into yeah, four. You, okay, piece. good call. Yeah, yeah, divided by four. So that's not bad for the chicken population, really. Well, it's not great. <laughs> <laughs> They've had better. According to um, the National Chicken Council's annual report, the weight of those wings, 166.25 million pounds, is more than 300 times the combined weight of all 32 NFL teams' players. 
How many times? 300 times? 300 times more than the combined weight of all 32 teams' rosters combined. All right, that's, those are pretty big dudes, too. Yeah. It is like, that's what the Super Bowl is, though. It's food, it's, uh, it's a couple of drinks here and there, and it's excitement. Like, I get more excited about Super Bowl food than most holidays. I do, too. No big doubt. Fan. I agree with that. Uh, pizza on Super Bowl Sunday. Domino's plans to sell more than 11 million slices of pizza. Divided by eight or six or what? It's yep. eight piece, right? It's amazing it's to, pies. Uh, to put into perspective how much food we have. Oh, yeah. And That's this really day, incredible. Super Bowl Sunday right now is neck and neck with Thanksgiving as the biggest consumer food consumer days of the year. Bigger than Christmas, bigger than New Year's. Those two are one and one A. Americans will spend $227 million on potato chips, $13 million, this is good, $13 million on vegetable trays. Uh, uh, they mil- really get you, by the way, if you buy a vegetable tray uh, yes, already cut do. off. Like, it's not that hard to cut your own veggies, but mm-hmm. it takes time, right? If you don't yep. have time, you buy it. They kill you with it. And fruit platters, if you buy a fruit oh, platter, yeah, forget yeah. about expensive. it. It's going to be like 25 bucks for $10 that's, worth of fruit. Yeah, that's th- right. I, I think labor is like a, an extra 100% just to cut the fruit in half. At the very yeah. least. Yep. And here in St. Louis, I think we're going to spend probably a billion on cookie cakes at Schnucks. They're so good. They are. Uh, so $10 million on deli dips, $89 million on popcorn, head to Poptions. Tomorrow, I've never had popcorn as like a super flavor popcorn. Like uh, if you go to Popshins, you'll buy popcorn every year for your super. I'm not really a popcorn person. Every time I go to a movie, every time I go, I I feel like okay, I smell it and I want it and then I get it and then then I have like sick halfway through because of all the fake butter that's put all over it. Yeah, Yeah. three bites and I'm good. Now you guys are both every time avocado guys, right? Oh, I love them. I am not an avocado guy. The avocado board estimates that 104.9 million pounds of avocados will be devoured on Sunday. It's a lot of guac. Yeah. And I don't see a number for uh, nachos here, but a lot of nachos, too. I guarantee that there's a lot of Velveeta being bought. A lot of Velveeta and Rotel mm-hmm. being purchased together. I don't think I've ever had Rotel. What do you mean? It's in most, uh, uh, most it? nacho dip. Or the, maybe the I just Velveeta. didn't know what Rotel was. Yeah, Velveeta, Rotel, okay. throw it in. Rotel's just the, the tomatoes and peppers. That oh, throw, yeah. okay. Uh, I didn't know what it was. Yeah. Whatever your uh, plan is for Sunday, you can text us, the Home Loan Expert text line 65780. Uh, from the 636, a crawfish boil. That'll Ooh, be great. Oh, my God, yes. Yep. Uh Let's see. Uh, you get a group of 10 or 15 people together, and that $2.3 billion is one night out in the landing. <laughs> so what what are your plans, food-wise? Well, hold on a second. Is it really that expensive? Is the landing happening anymore, number one? Still number around. two, is it that expensive? Well, 10 or 15 St. Louisans? Yeah. Yeah, they'll drink that much. You'd probably put a hurting on something. I, I was also going to ask for. Uh, I was going to ask for a text in to anybody that works in the industry, uh, like the food industry, whether you deliver pizzas or you work at a restaurant oh, where yeah. people like order in. How much do you hate, especially if you're not in a a, uh, a part of it where you receive tips? How much do you hate the Super Bowl? Because I got a feeling they this ain't your favorite day. No, it's a bad. I totally day. understand that. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what the menu is. Now we we uh, we're, we're going to do all of our shopping tomorrow. Probably there will be nachos because that's what we do. And yeah. I, I'm guessing when we do, we usually set up the the three crock pot thing. And uh-huh. uh, there's nice. the cheese. There will be beef and there will be chicken. 
and then you'll have all your other, you know, little accompaniments. Mm -hmm. And uh, I love nachos. Like, so for everything, that that will always be there. Uh, I'm assuming that we'll have just uh, tons of just random appetizers, chips, dips, types of things. And maybe pizza, because I, I mean, who doesn't like that? Yeah. And then maybe we'll work out or something the next day. It's a good yeah, idea. You probably won't. We, we have to, are, are we all taking off work? We are, right? Monday? We have Monday off. Yeah. It's a national holiday. Yeah. Uh, they didn't pass it. Uh, what do you mean? Someone's got to introduce it into the onto the floor in Congress. From the 636, uh, the menu has toasted ravs, chicken wings, and French dip sandwiches. I love I the French dip sandwich. I got to get wings yeah. going. Yeah. How about eight huge pans of pasta Alfredo and 20 pizzas oh. from Cecil Whitaker's? What? It's a big party. That's that a, a lot of party. pasta Alfredo. It is. 573, somebody's having a taco bar. Can't go wrong. No, taco bar is like a fan favorite because everybody's in on that. Whether you just yeah, want to make like a salad it. or something, mm-hmm. you can do that if yeah. you're being kind of weird about it. In the 636, uh, this texter is going to have Velveeta, Rotel, and pulled pork. Uh, add barbecue sauce on chips. Delicious. Yes. Uh, a pulled pork, and I'm not putting in the time this year to do one, um, but that is an easy one for like for a big party because all you got to do is just have it in the smoker for a long time, sure. and, and then you're good to go. It's kind of hard to mess up one of those. And you can put it on anything. You can make little sandwiches. You can do nachos like, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. Pulled pork is a very good go-to. You know what I like about Super Bowls that I've noticed anyway? When you have parties, you're going to one or you're hosting – Almost everybody brings food and probably too much. So that's that's right. the great thing about them. And you're always getting these varieties. Of course, you're getting the wings, getting the nachos. It seems like the, the pretty standard fare. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're getting the pizza. But that's what's the best about it. And that's why people continue to eat. And I understand why it's like Thanksgiving, because you have a little bit before the game starts. Then you have more after the first quarter and then more at halftime. And then you keep going until yes. you get sick. Yes. Uh, do you guys feel like you have to, and Randy, not so much with this one. I know you'll like always bring something if you go to a party. Do yes. you feel like you have to bring alcohol? Though, yeah, Ron, oh, yeah, for sure. wine. Yeah. like whether it's yeah, whether it's a uh, wine, probably like a case of beer or something, and then everybody does that, and there's mm-hmm. so much booze. It's at the place. crazy. Well, that's part of the yeah. 5.2 billion dollars that we're yeah. talking about. Billion dollars. Yep. Uh, from the 314, uh, the party is going to have little Smokies. Uh, from the 636, I am a pizza driver, so the Super Bowl rules. You make bang. Dri- yeah, driver for sure. I could see that more so. I wonder if you're working, though, if you're in the kitchen, if you're just slanging those. I don't know if they pull their tips either, if that's something that happens. I'm not as familiar with the business. But if not, if you're not in a tipped portion of this, yeah. that stinks. It, it does. Now, if you don't have plans, there's a way that you can, as it were, kill two birds with one stone. We're talking about chicken wings still? No. Uh, kill two squirrels with one tire? It's whatever you I've want. I've never to. heard that one. That's kind of the same kill thing. Kill two squirrels with one tire? Yeah. I have never. That not. That's. Did you just make that up? Well, yeah. Or, oh, okay. I thought it was some folksy yeah. thing I'd never heard of. That's kind of the same as killing two birds with one stone, right? I think so. so Tell us about those squirrels, Randy. Uh, the, uh, the Backstoppers are going to host an event at Scarecrow in Chesterfield, 1095 Chesterfield Parkway. It's on Sunday. Doors open Sunday. one hour before kickoff. $40 per person, a heavy appetizer buffet, an open bar with domestic beer, house wine, and well liquor. You can register at backstoppersbiggame.egregister, the letters EZ, register.com, backstoppersbiggame.egregister.com, or you can just go to the door and uh, hopefully you'll be able to get in because. Hopefully they'll have a big crowd. All of the proceeds will benefit the backstoppers. Everything. No tips for the servers. Uh, 
The food is all being taken care of by Scarecrow and some of their vendors. So it's 100% that's going to the Backstoppers, and you can watch the big game while supporting a great cause. Once again, at Scarecrow, Chesterfield Parkway East, on the Chesterfield Parkway East on Sunday, and the doors open at uh, 4.30? 5.30's kickoff, right? So 4.30 is when it opens. 40 bucks per person. And once again, backstoppersbiggame.easyregister.com. And I'll tell you what I'll do what was is... The, uh, what, what was the... Uh, hmm. Email again, or the uh... the website? Yeah, that's. I'm, I'm just going to put that on my Twitter. Oh, okay, I'll, I will share that on my Twitter. I was trying so to write that, it down, I yeah. didn't get it. Uh, my Twitter is uh, at Randy Carricker. Ronji's is at Chris Ronji. BT's is at B Thompson Forty Eight. If you're an Uber driver, you're doing all right, good aren't you? Good day. Yeah. Yes. Oh, it's got to be a good I'd day. I'd probably hang outside Scarecrow. It's not uh, a bad idea. Well, you know what? My Maybe that's what I'll rides. do. That's what I'll do for the Super Bowl. You're going to Uber? I'll listen, Randy! I'll li- no, no, I, I will listen to 101 ESPN for the game, and I will drive people around. Can I sign up for Uber and get, uh, get you know, like... a side hustle. Well, can I get verified before Sunday? Is I don't there know. Time? Ask me. How does meets, that work? Meets the Uber driver. Is How long does it take, Uber? Is know. there a background check? There can't two be. Two weeks? Two weeks? Oh, come on. That's lame. You can get a cab by then. Ah, yeah. Coming up next. How long it takes here. <laughs> here in the fast lane on MLB.com, Jen Langosh writes that the Cardinals' preference in Alex Reyes' return would be to find a bullpen slot. How would you like to see him used, and would you want to see him used as the closer? Leave us a mic drop on the 101 Sports app or leave a voicemail, 314-656-6101. Your calls and mic drops next on 101 ESPN. BT, did you uh, have you ever seen uh, what, what? Have you What's ever up? seen uh, Marcus Allen in the hood? No, I want to. He's an O'Fallon, yeah, Illinois resident. I know so, it. Yeah, I just didn't know if you'd ever seen him. See him around. I got to golf more ball right now. So you Is probably, he? yeah. I uh, need to golf more because I, I think he's tearing up the tracks over on the east side. Oh, he's really? Doing well, yeah. Hey, what happened to uh, Solomon Wilcots? Uh, he got sick. We teased him. Yeah, well, yeah, then, then no, not like to his face. Like we didn't well, upset I think him. He or teased anything. us. Yeah, yeah, by saying he was coming on. And, and then, then he... the, like in the break before he was supposed to come on, he bailed. So that's why we did the food segment there. Is that what happened? Yeah. He said he caught something on uh, uh, on fishing? Radio Row. He was no, like... on Radio Row. Oh. So do you think he caught a better interview? Chances oh, are he could have. I mean, there's a lot of national shows yeah. over there. Thanks, Solly. I thought maybe we lost out to uh, the number one show in uh, the Midwest. But... Is that with uh, T-Bone? No, no uh, the common, common man? man and T-Bone? Yeah. No, yeah. no, it's not those guys. Yeah. I am not in favor of the the idea or the execution of oh, Alex oh, I'm not in favor of Jeez. that either. I think That's he's going to be fine, Randy. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, was he committed a crime? Yeah, pick somebody else. What is this, Texas? <laughs> Jeez. So, uh, no, I don't want him ex- executed, but I also don't want him used as a closer. Uh, oh, the, the idea oh, of dude. or the execution of him being used as the Cardinal closer, he never came out of the bullpen as a minor league player. He's come out of the bullpen seven times as a professional baseball player. And to bring him back from Tommy John surgery and expect him to deliver the 27th out, at least initially, I think is a little bit too much. Now, if you use him exclusively as a reliever, he comes back May 1st, and you get May, June, July out of him, and he's clearly your best guy as a closer in August once uh, the rest of the league figures out Luke Gregerson then I might look at things a little bit differently. But I don't want to see on June 1st Alex Reyes coming off of Tommy John, putting that sort of pressure on himself 
to be the guy who gets the 27th off. Yeah, I, I don't love that either. I think that Alex Reyes will be used whenever he's ready, if it's May 1st or, or if it's earlier or if it's later, wherever there is the biggest need. And I, uh, I'm afraid the biggest need might end up being in the rotation. I, I, they, I agree. they might need a little help there. To me, too, that's the easiest way to watch his innings and his workload because mm-hmm. he knows how to prepare like a starter. He knows how to build. They'll have him build up, uh, have him built up already uh, to throw multiple innings. They can watch his pitch count. And while you're out there in a big league game as a starter, you're giving it everything you've got but it's not like ninth inning crowd is on your feet rearing back giving you extra type innings you know you'll have a an o2 count where you want to blow a high heater by somebody that he'll rear back for a little something more that will be every pitch he throws in the ninth inning if in fact he's the closer and that's just putting a little extra stress on you it's the oldest um i i guess comparison in the world is is it's the difference between running a marathon and sprinting and you don't want him i don't think anyway I don't think you want him to condition as a sprinter as soon as he comes back from that because how many starts do you assume he would get in the minor leagues before they bring him up? Probably three. That I mean, once fine. he's final, once he's finally Probably, good, he gets yeah. about three. I would suppose. I, 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 my guess is they would rather just have him start, and I think BT's right. We, hell, we've been talking about this for weeks now. I think their greatest need is still there. As much as people are concerned about the bullpen. I think their biggest issue at this moment is what the rotation will be. One quick note before we get to your mic drops and phone calls. Matt Morris missed the 1999 season with Tommy John. Came back in 2000 out of the bullpen. Pitched in 31 games. Not once did he pitch on back-to-back days. And out of all of those times that he did pitch, he had... uh, Actually, 24 of 31 with multiple innings. So that might be the way to ease Alex Reyes back in. Is a couple multiple Yeah, some multiple no, you innings. could. Yeah. And you're watching his workload yeah. that way. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I just think he'd have more of an impact in a rotation. I don't disagree with that at all. And Tommy John has changed a lot over the course of the last 17 years as well. Well, the guy's years. gotten older, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that one, he died. Well, oh, yeah. He stayed the same. Yeah. Took another dark turn. I think they should use Alex Reyes as, as like a long relief, the seventh, eighth, and ninth, possibly, that would uh, get him some innings to get ready for uh, starting and then possibly use that role for Waco when he probably starts to fade in the, the second half of the season. Piggyback guy. Was he Lee Smith, Raleigh Fingers? You're going to give him the 789 save? I don't know. Why not? That probably won't happen. No, multiple innings out of the bullpen work. I I wouldn't use him as a traditional long reliever, the guy that you're hanging on to. Uh, um, uh, My my job that I had for Uh a while, like two weeks of not pitching, I wouldn't utilize an arm like his uh, in a a role like that. You could see him, though, span multiple innings. He can get righties and lefties out. His stuff plays uh, to to both of them. You could see him going out there for a seventh and eighth inning and then have a couple of days off and and potentially do it again. That's the, the beauty of this like we're looking at this like it's a problem how they use Alex Reyes it is a benefit that he can do multiple things and he knows that his future or at least believes or wants his future to be as a part of the rotation I think the organization looks at him the same way but if your rotation is just looking great your first month in and then even like your next guy uh, whether it be Jack Flaherty uh, in AAA or Dakota Hudson whoever it is Austin Gomber whoever it ends up being if that guy's throwing the ball well too I say oh well we 
we could use him in the bullpen. That's fine. This is good for him. It is a great thing that he's capable of doing all these things, but I think where the Cardinals don't want to be is having to count on him and for us to be like, oh, my gosh, I can't wait till Reyes gets back because we need him badly. I love the idea of Reyes being a closer. He was pretty lights out before his arm fell off. He was fantastic, and he figured it out here, too. In uh, in the stretch run of that 2016 season, he – he did figure it out, and he said he just learned how to focus. Which is a nice thing to have and a great thing to have in the ninth inning. Yeah. It's a little focus. Yep. It's fine. Good luck, people. Here's another one. I'd love to see Reyes as a closer. Um, I think with the closer position being, you know, kind of the most controlled position for a pitcher coming back from Tommy John, I think that would be a great uh, opportunity for him. It's control when you get into the game, but here's the thing about the closer position. You might have a save situation three days in a row. You might have it four out of five, and guess who needs to be able to answer the phone? Luke Riggers. Your closer. Uh, well, well. Yeah, probably uh, your closer. Like, that guy needs to be able to answer the phone. Now, maybe the Cardinals do something where they don't even really name somebody a closer. It's closer by committee, and you see where it goes. Well, maybe that's where Reyes fits in. And on a day that he can't do it, maybe it's Tyler Lyons or Brett Cecil or Luke Gregerson or Dominic Leone. Maybe Maybe that's the direction they go with this. But if you're just going to have a closer, and we talked, uh, we were talking the other day about the Cardinals Hall of Fame. If you've got a Lee Smith or if you've got uh, your Jason Isringhouse, and that guy's answering the phone every single night, whether his arm's about to fall off or not. You can't do that with Reyes. And and I think relievers like to know who the closer is. It yeah. helps. Yeah, yeah it they does. do. Here's one more. I think you start Reyes out in the bullpen this season, let him stretch out that arm, build up a little stamina. But then I'd love to see him in the rotation by the end of the year and just let that big dog eat. Let the big dog eat. Uh, he will be built up by the time he comes yeah. back like because his throwing program has already started. They'll get him going through spring training. Uh, they'll simulate innings. They'll get him in games. He'll throw multiple innings. So he'll be built up to five innings or so before he comes back, I, I would assume. So uh, if you're going to do it that way, if you're going to put him in the bullpen early, in my opinion, it, it would be so you watch his innings late. Like So you're, you're trying to make sure his count doesn't get up too high or you end up having to shut down one of your best arms. Yeah, I mean, originally what's going to have to happen with him is you've just they have to be careful because he is in their long-term future. So whatever they do, even if they need him to be good this season at some point, the most important thing for them to do is make sure he stays healthy. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN coming up. Don't feel bad if you've tallied a goose egg or two in the 4 o'clock fight. I have. Remember, it could always be worse. Three in a row. It's you've next. never gotten zero. You always oh, get at least one. Well, yeah, but. I feel like I got shut out. The oh, last I understand. Days. Don't feel bad. Got to study who finishes fifth in lists. <laughs> don't, get, really, don't get bitter. Get better, really, Randy. He's really going to work on it. <laughs> <laughs> Next on 101 ESPN.